If you like Rogan and Rodney, be sure to check out Petros and Money. Hear them live weekdays at 3 on AM 570 LA Sports or podcast their show on the iHeartRadio app by searching Petros and Money. Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. In LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, here we go. One-hour sprint. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete, AM570, LA Sports. Uh, you got to win the ones you have a chance to win. And the Clippers let one get away last night. First half, Kawhi, PG didn't look great, but the team looked pretty good. Second half, PG still didn't look good. Kawhi looked better. Donovan Mitchell looked better than anybody. And there you go. They're down 0-1, Rodney. Yeah, you know, they didn't play well, but you got to look at this, too. Utah didn't start the game well. Utah at one point, I think they were 0 for 21, you know, kind of in that first quarter, first half. So they didn't start the game well. And you could hear, uh, you know, mic'd up Donovan Mitchell saying to his team, you know, eventually they're going to fall, keep keep shooting, they're going to fall, they're going to fall. And, and he did, and he also said they just came off a of game seven, meaning the Clippers. So they're, they're, they're going to fade and get out of here. So, which I think to a large extent might have been the case. Uh, of exhaustion, but I'm not looking at this game and and go oh, over analyzing the Clippers because they did come off a grueling game seven or seven game series with Dallas where they had to win game seven in dramatic fashion and come back home and do it where they hadn't won in in the whole series. So I and then having to play the the number one seed in their place with a loud ruckus crowd, I'm chalking it up as game one. I I'm really interested in game two and how they respond to this because they can't they can't play the same, you know, formula like they did against Dallas and and just, you know, and, and, and lose the first two and then try to come back because if they lose the first two, it's it's going to be a real uphill battle with them. Yeah, Paul George, again, had one of those. Yeah. You know, one of those Paul Georges, he had one, and he's got to play better. I mean, they were chanting when he was shooting foul shots. Uh, he's got to be better. That's your bottom line. They're not going to win if he doesn't play the way he's supposed to. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's a concern, but you know something there. That's why he's here. It's just like we talk about with the Lakers. Yeah. You know, LeBron can be great, but they're not going to win unless AD is, is is superb as well. And that's the same thing with those two guys. They've got a, a really good supporting cast. I mean, Reggie Jackson has given them a spark off the bench. Luke Kennard yesterday was great for them, except defensively, which we'll talk about. <laughs> but... But he gave them a spark, gave them points. But those two guys have to show up and they have to play every night. You know Kawhi steady. He's going to get his. He's going to do his thing. He may not have 40 points, but you're going to see his imprint on the game. And and Paul George, you're right. Sometimes he's there and sometimes he's null and void. And for them to win a title, he can't be that way. Yeah, he's got to step up. Got to play big time. Uh, I mean, we can talk about the defense. Not even Mitchell. Bad man. Just went off. And I thought after the game it was great. He was talking to TNT, and he said, uh, look, I told my teammates at halftime, that was on me. That first half was on me. I was the problem. 
I told him I'd pick it up in the second half. I love that he said that. Then he just came out, and he was unstoppable. And I know people were saying, why doesn't Ty Lue play somebody else on him? Yeah, because they got they got Luke Kennard, poor Luke Kennard, in some bad situations in the pick and roll. And, yeah. and every time, trip after trip, that's who they wanted Donovan Mitchell on, and he would blow by him or shoot a three over him, and he just there was just no way that that Luke Kennard. Yeah, and, and here's my thing, you know, and you know, I know he's gone, and everybody's like kind of moved on and want to still blame Doc for everything that happened in the bubble last year, including our salty one Adam Oslin. Uh, big shout to the Honey Badger, or whatever he is, right? Honey there. Money. <laughs> Browser, <laughs> yes, that my man, um, and I love him. But here's the thing: much as they complain about you know the adjustments of Montrez against against the Joker, the Joker last yeah. year, I mean, how many times in the fourth quarter does Luke Kennard end up in a mismatch? And 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 at one point, as you mentioned, do you make adjustment to that? Because it, it ha- I mean, you could see it, and they and the, when the announcers are calling it out before it even happens, time and time, here they go. Watch out, Luke Kennard on uh, Donovan Mitchell. And he blew by him and had about 800 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it, so, yeah, you can make that argument. And then you could say, well, he was giving us offense, so I needed to leave him in the game because we weren't getting it from PG. So I suffered on the on the, on the the defensive side. So that's up to the coaches. And at the end of the day, they know better than us. And I've always said this. It comes down at this time of year to players making plays. You can you can criticize a lot of coaches and things all things being evil, but at the end of the day, it's it's the players. It's Paul George like we talked about has to play better. You know, it's in the bubble when you're down three one. Those two guys can't allow. At some point, Kawhi and Paul George can't allow a team to win three straight games. At some point in that series, they gotta say, "There's no way we're winning this game." Much like Kawhi did in Game Seven against Dallas. Right. Right. The the other thing about the uh, Luke Kennard-Donovan Mitchell matchup issue was this. And you said this. You know, those guys on the other side of the ball, they get paid too. Yes. And maybe Donovan Mitchell just had a hell of a game. Right. I'll tell you what. He... It didn't matter who was guarding him, really. He was electrified. It it may have been a little tougher if someone else was guarding him, um, but he was still getting his. He looked like the fastest man in the NBA last night. Yeah. He was running by everybody. He was yeah. hitting everything. So, yeah, I mean, a defensive mismatch, sure. Could Ty Lue have done something? Maybe. But the bottom line is this. Maybe he just had that game. Maybe Donovan Mitchell mm-hmm. just had that game, that night, mm-hmm. that half. And that was the difference. And that leads us to the final play of the game. And, again, it's easy to criticize. And you're the coach, so you got to take it. Because that's why you get paid. Clips down three. Have the ball. Time on the clock, you got one of two things to do here. Run the ball up the floor, try to score, or call a timeout, set up a play. You've got a timeout left. Ty Lue elected to let them play. We got the rebound. We've got time. Let's get up the floor and score. He said after the game, one of the reasons he didn't want to call a timeout was that they didn't. he didn't want to give them a chance to take Rudy Gobert out of the game and replace him with someone smaller so the, they'd be able to shift quicker more quickly on defense. You know, you take the big guy out who might be lumbering a little bit and we'll put somebody a little smaller and faster. And Yeah, because they were going to spread the floor, right? Yeah. yeah. We didn't want to give him a chance to do that. As it turned out, Rudy Gobert blocked Marcus Morris Sr. Right. for the final shot. And Utah did something, and all basketball teams should do this. And I'm, 
I'm sure it's something Quinn Snyder has practiced with his team. It was brilliant because, look, time running down, you miss the shot, the other team can tie, they grab the rebound. On defense, what's the first thing you do? You get your butt down the floor as fast as you can to defend. Yeah. Okay, and and you probably get to a position you're pretty pretty comfortable with or go to all the time, which means get down the floor now. And oftentimes, guys are going to end up inside the three-point circle or in the paint. Uh You know, they're going to be ready. What Utah did was brilliant. They did get down the floor, except nobody went inside the three-point circle. Right. They all defended the three-point line. Yes, yes. Nobody moved low. Nobody moved inside. You had five guys now defending the three-point line, and that was the only way the Clippers could tie the game. Yeah. It was brilliant. And it has to be something they've practiced. And I don't know if Ty Lue had seen that on tape or if they'd ever used it before, but it was brilliant. And given what they did, and, you know, the game is going on, there's 12 seconds left. There's a million things happening. you got to make a split-second decision. He let the guys play. But if he knows they're going to do that, if he, he's ever seen that on tape or they've done their advance work and noticed it, then you've got to call timeout and set up a play because there was nothing the Clippers could do. They were in the one place that the Clippers needed to be. I thought that was brilliant that they defended the three-point line like that. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely something that they practiced because you think about it, 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 it takes a three to tie it. Yep. So why am I defending underneath the basket or in the paint? I don't need to defend that way. And when you got and you saw it on the last play with Rudy Gobert, who's blocks a three point shot, um, they're all defending that. So if you know that going in, yeah, you 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 may call timeout because I don't think there's enough time. I don't think there was enough time to get past half court and go, oh, this is what they're doing. Let me call timeout now. You you had to call it right now. You would have to call it right away. Yeah. So I don't know if they saw that before, meaning the Clippers or Ty Lue's and the staff say this is how they defend in this moment. They're going to defend the three. Because people, the reason why they did it, because you you hear coaches all the time, defend the three, defend the three, and then somebody hits a three, right? But this was a a clear demonstration, like we are going to set up beyond the three-point line so if you make a shot, it's going to be from Damian Lillard 40 feet range. Right. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. I mean, it, give them credit. Give them credit. It's one game, and they'll try to turn this thing around tomorrow night. But give them credit. By the way, if you're on the 101 freeway, Rodney. Oh, no. And you're headed to Encino, traffic is heavy because there is a pursuit. Ooh. It's a slow-speed pursuit. A box truck is being pursued. A box truck? Right. It's a truck with boxes in it. (laughs) Is that what a box truck is? Apparently it is. And uh, it's being pursued right now. On the 101, headed into Encino. So understand, if traffic seems to be a little slow, there's this big truck with a box in it, and the police, the highway patrol are after it. I don't know why, but I do want to point that out because people are probably driving around right now. And if you're driving around and you see it honk or something, let them know we told you about it. Uh, all right, let's talk about this now and the Lakers and Dennis Schroeder. Isn't it interesting? Does it seem interesting to you 
that all of a sudden, the narrative with Dennis Schroeder was, well, you know what? Didn't really give us what we needed. Front office really wasn't pleased with him, especially in the playoffs. You know, he had the COVID issues, wasn't vaccinated. Isn't it funny how this stuff all of a sudden is starting now to come out? I don't think it's a coincidence. And Ramona, Ramona Shelburne, who I love, used to be a stringer for the Daily News, now one of the top NBA writers in the country. She had it. And we know she has a pipeline of Jeannie Buss and Rob Polinka. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting that all of a sudden, with all the hoopla that brought Schroeder to town, now we're hearing, well, you know, maybe it didn't work. You know, maybe maybe uh, you know, he wanted to start and we put him in there, but he should have been the sixth man. Maybe he didn't give us what we wanted. All of this is starting to leak out. You see, I think it's calculated. I don't think it's shocking at all. I think it's, it's just reality. I think there were moments where, and, and we had Bill on, and he talked about for, for a stretch there, Schroeder was playing very well. And then and then towards the latest se- end of the season, he got you know the COVID issues hit. I mean, it, it playing well enough to that, that they offered him a four-year deal, 80-something million dollars. So he was playing okay, but I, after he came back from the COVID, it, he was not the same and not the same in, in terms of aggression, which they needed, and didn't give the Lakers what they they needed. It was on full display with a hurt AD and a hobbling LeBron that they needed the guy that they signed to be their third scorer, be their third offensive answer, did not live up to that. So I think they're reacting to the reality of what they saw in the last month of the season. Yeah, but I, I and I would agree with that. But I also think that, okay, we offered you a couple of contract extensions. You said no. Uh, didn't get And us, they dodged a bullet is what they're like. Ooh, dodged that bullet. Uh, they dodged that bullet. But you know what I think? I think this is the old, this is what you get. So now when we talk to you, guess what? Maybe you're not worth as much anymore. Maybe your contract shouldn't be as much. We are planting we are telling people you weren't as advertised we're telling people i find it interesting that this stuff is starting to get out and by the way i do want to say one thing about the box truck pursuit yes it has over well it's come to an end uh the driver got out of the car looked like he kicked a pizza box under the truck oh no then they tell you to back up with your hands up this guy went back to the passenger side lit a cigarette then walked into the middle of the freeway, is now seated facing the highway patrol with guns drawn, smoking a cigarette. He is not on the ground, on his stomach. He does not have his hands over his head. He's he, actually smoking a cigarette? He's having a smoke, sitting in the middle of the freeway. And the, and the police have guns drawn on him? Yep. And, because, and they're not obviously going to approach this guy. Because he's facing them, and they don't know what he has in his pockets. And he went back into the truck a couple of times to get something. I think the cigarettes. <laughs> oh, now, now he's laying down, but he's on his back with his hands over his head. Now, understand the command is get down on your stomach with your hands out. He's laying there with his hands behind his neck like he's tanning. It looks like he's laying... At Doheny, <laughs> he looks like he's laying on the beach in Malibu. Here they come, guns drawn. They're walking right up to the guy. He's raising his hands and says, I got nothing. 
One of the police officers has a shield. And now the guy has rolled over and the highway patrolman has put the shield on his back. They've grabbed his arms and it's over. So the 101 will open soon. (laughs) They got him. He's done. But what crazy. Just sitting there in the middle of the freeway. (laughs) Sitting there. Having Having a smoke. smoke. I love it. Having a little smoke. Yeah. Um, One other Laker note. Andre Drummond. So Bill Orm suggested this. Well, now it's being reported. It seems that when they signed Andre Drummond, and Bill suggested it, it's being reported by others now, they might have promised him, you're starting. And that was the end of Marcus Hall. Mm-hmm. To get him, they probably said, yeah, you're going to start. Because that's where they were. They needed a big man. They didn't know how effective AD or LeBron would be. So they probably promised the guy, yeah, you come here, you're in. You're the starter. We say goodbye now to Marcus Hall. I'm not saying he won't be back next year, but that's what happened to Marcus Hall. And that's what happened to Montrez Harrell. They had to promise him he was going to start to sign. And that was it. Yeah. That's not surprising. It, it, had this been, you know, off-season signing, they they probably wouldn't have done that and say, no, we we can't guarantee you a starting position. We got to see how it flows. But in the middle of the season and the trade and and that how how it happened, and he has an option to say no or I'm I'm not coming. Yeah, they have to get they have to sweeten the deal in order to get him. And you remember at that time, Fred, it was whew, the Lakers get Andre Drummond. They now they're matched up with the Brooklyn yeah, Nets. Absolutely. Now they can they can go big and they can, you know, getting ready for that that Brooklyn Laker final, um, which was what everybody was talking about because they got James Harden and then I was okay, here we go. So yeah, I'm sure they had to sweeten the pot for him to, in in order for him to sign here. Yeah. So and we don't know if he'll be back next year. He wants to come back. Of course, anybody that can get paid wants to come back. Yeah, but I think certain times, in a lot of from an athlete perspective, you feel like you've didn't live up to to what you were advertised. Um, you want to come back and redeem yourself. And I think that he feels, and I'm sure a lot of people feel as we do, that there's still a window for the Lakers to win another title. And so guys like that, I, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Yeah, and that makes sense. Did you see this story? About what's going on in the Nets and the uh, Bucks series, do you see the story about Giannis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the clock. Yeah. So Giannis takes a long time at the foul line, and there's a rule in the NBA: you got ten seconds. Yeah. You got to shoot the ball within ten seconds. Well, Giannis takes his time. Apparently, in Brooklyn, you know they don't have time to waste. So what they've done is put a countdown clock on the scoreboard. The minute he touches the ball, not the twenty-four second clock. No, this is foul shots. Yeah, I know, but the, the clock is not a 24 seconds. No, not no. the 24-second clock. Oh, no, no, no. They put animation put in the right. scoreboard. Yeah. Right? So when the guy gets the ball, the clock starts, people are counting down. And the league has said, please stop that. You're annoying him. Please stop that. You're making it more difficult for him. The league has asked the Nets to stop putting the clock in the scoreboard because the fans are counting down and it's disturbing him. Isn't that home court advantage? That's what it's supposed to be. I mean, they're, they're not shooting lasers in his eyes when from, from the end, you know, while he's at the foul line. And what's to stop the crowd from doing it anyway if they don't even put it on the scoreboard? I mean, that's going to make the crowd do it even more next time they come to Brooklyn if they tell them to stop. Because now it gets out. It's out already. Please stop. So when that game comes back to Brooklyn, you know, 
They don't need to. They don't need the scoreboard to count down. They can see when the official hands them the ball, and the crowd will go start counting from ten. They just made it worse than what they did. I agree. I agree. You know what? You guys, please stop. It's not nice. You're upsetting him. <laughs> you're just upsetting him. You're making him mad. You're 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 yeah. messing with his mind. Well, yeah. Next, you're not gonna play a certain music. He doesn't like country music, so don't play that in the arena. <laughs> Is that what we're going to? <laughs> I thought. I thought. Oh my God! It's come to that. Yeah. They're saying, "Please stop." And it yeah. wasn't stop. See, when was, I first heard that stop. story, when I first heard that they got a timer there, I thought it was the you know the timer that they had put over the back a basket, or he could see it, a big giant whatever behind that he could. He's looking right into it when he's shooting. But this is on the scoreboard and and just uh, part of the fan uh, you know involvement. So uh, it's part of home court advantage. I, I don't know why they would step in and say stop it. Yeah, don't be so mean. You know what? Don't it's not be beca- so mean. It's to not our becoming of you. players, right? It's not becoming. And when you cheer, please golf clap and don't. That's right. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Give them a cheer. Give them the clap. Any way you want to look at it, it works. Sorry, Ronnie. Uh, all right. This hour we're only on for an hour, but we have Giltini's tickets to give away. They're back. They're back. Oh yeah, the Giltinis. You talk. Come on, mate. You, you talk, come on, mate. Yeah, you know, but yeah, mate. You talk about rugby. You're going to rugby, world rugby. It's the best, and the Giltinis are one of the best teams in the in the league. We're giving those tickets away before one o'clock. We have two, four packs of Giltini tickets to give away. Okay, so Rodney, here's the deal. I'm not saying I did it. I'm not saying I didn't do it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Oh, yeah. Full, full, full sprint. Rest in peace, DMX. Freddie, you're going to tell me something, and you're not going to tell me something, but that's telling me something, but you're going to tell me. Oh, I'm going to tell you. But, you know, I forgot something, and it's my bad. It's on me. We should have mentioned it right off the top. Because I can guarantee the Lakers, if you're a Laker fan, next year are going to win a title. I can do it right now because they've made the one adjustment. They've made the one change that they definitely needed. It, they actually announced it, and it's confirmed. So, you know, uh, for not we can't have a parade this year, and we didn't have one after they won last year. But next year when they win, we'll have a parade because this is going to turn it around. It's official. LeBron has changed his number to six. It's official. That's the th- that's the problem. Now we've got it figured out. LeBron's going to be six. AD's going to keep his number. There you go. So start making your plans now. That was the only thing that went wrong. Well, you didn't see that coming, Fred. He's 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 number six in Space Jam. Yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course, of course he is. He's a businessman. A businessman. Yeah. After they get eliminated. Yeah, how do you feel? Well, I'm getting ready for the movie. Okay. But, I mean, 10 minutes maybe? Like, God, what a tough year. That didn't go well. We'll be back next year. We're all sad. No. You know what? I'll see you in the theaters, everybody. Let's get ready to go. Well, you know, Fred, it was like all of us felt in the whole world. When AD was out, they had absolutely no chance. So, you know, framing your mind that way, you kind of, okay. We're going to give a run at this thing. I'm going to give you everything I got, but, man, writing's on the wall. I I even heard that before game six, he tried to petition the league that the Lakers could wear the Toon Squad jerseys for game six. (laughs) But it was denied, unfortunately. Business is business.
Mm-hmm. He'd take mm-hmm. care of it. Okay. When they, was, when they were down 40, he was getting ready for that post-game speech. I've, t- I've turned the corner to, to Toons now. <laughs> Toon town. Forget you, KCP. Where's Taz? Like, Taz made a devil in here. You cats can't make a shot. Give me Lola. <laughs> All right, so uh, a lot is being made out of what's going on in Major League Baseball and the pitching. And David Vassay came on and actually explained it to us. I thought that was really interesting where he goes, you know, I've known about this for some time, but I didn't think it was my place yeah. to say it. Right. Okay. So, yeah, they're altering the ball. Uh, there's the substance they use. And pretty much from what we're taking, almost everybody's doing it. Yeah. It, it's not It's not even really a secret. Everybody seems to be doing it. So Garrett Cole, and you'll remember Garrett Cole after he played for the Astros. He was the big prize on the free agent market. He was the one pitcher that everybody thought could put him over the top, Garrett Cole. He ended up with the Yankees. And Garrett Cole was asked about the situation and basically if he was doing it. Have you ever used spider attack while pitching? Um, I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't know if uh, I don't know quite I don't quite know how to answer that to be honest. Um, I mean there are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players from the last generation of players to this generation of players. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard. And, and, uh, I've stood pretty, stood pretty firm in in terms of that, uh, in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot. Um, you know, and, and I, again, like I mentioned earlier, there's, you know, this is important to a lot of people that love the game. And this is including, including the players in this room, including fans, including, you know, teams. And so if MLB wants to, you know, legislate some more stuff, that's a conversation that we can have um, because ultimately we should all be pulling in the same direction on this. Yeah. Kevin said during the, uh, the clip, I can actually hear him sweating. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying I did it. I'm not saying I didn't do it. it sounded, I'm just saying. He sounded, sounded like one of my kids when they were younger. If they broke, Somebody broke a lamp. And you asked, who broke this lamp? Well, um, so you see, um, I don't know quite how to answer that. Um, because um, if you want to, you know, do something down the... He said a whole lot of nothing, but without saying, with saying a whole lot of nothing, he... Basically say, yeah, I've used it before. Yeah, I, I, I took he's using it right now. Yeah, yeah. But I also took but, it, but, everybody's so, doing it. So is this, here's the question again. Is, is this specifically illegals in, included in the illegal banned substance? Well, I, 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 don't, I don't think you're supposed to put anything on the board. What is period? spider tap anyway, by the way? I don't is know. It, is it an adhesive or is it a gel? What What is it? I'm not sure, but maybe that's the stuff they use when the ball stuck. So you had your Molinas. Yeah, by the way, I saw that clip eventually. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah apparently everybody's doing it. <laughs> that reminded me of an old Gaylord Perry shot. Remember when they were checking him and he threw the sandpaper out of his back pocket or somewhere trying to throw it away? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess everybody's – look, Trevor Bauer is as much admitted to doing it. Uh, everybody's doing it. Well, now, why this is an issue now, because offense obviously is a problem – but apparently everybody is doing this. No one's denying it, which I give them credit for. Give them credit for that. They're not saying, 
I'm not saying I don't do it. I'm not saying I do it. I'm just saying. And it's not a good thing. Yeah. And once Major League Baseball comes up with a plan, then we're all going to stick to yeah, the plan. It's like the videotaping, right? Uh, everybody's doing that. I mean, it's not, quote, illegal. It's just how you use it. Right. How, how are you using that technology, which got, obviously, the Astros where they are. But everybody was kind of had that set up in their dugouts and, you know, in every stadium. They just used it and crossed the line. So I think that's what's happening. And and he's right about it trickles down from generations. You get the older guys, hey, this is how you, this is what you do. This is how you stay healthy. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. And it just keeps trickling down. And you start to go, oh, this this is kind of nice. This kind of gives me a little edge. Okay, okay. And then, you, you, you know, you get used to it. Wasn't there a rule that you're not supposed to put a foreign substance on the ball? Doesn't that a rule exist? I, well, you know, we've always done it. But hasn't there been a rule yes. not to do that? Yes. That's what I'm asking specifically. What is, you know, the, the spider tack? Is it tack? Spider tack, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it in a, like a, an, an adhesive that you can put in your belt that is just a little sticky that when you, it doesn't show up as gel or pine tar or anything like that. It's just sticky that you, when you go to your hat or your, your, you know, your, your belt or wherever you go, it's more tactified. Yeah. Tactified. Yeah. It's more tactified. Kevin, we look yeah. up spider tack and see what it says so we can have a, an understanding of what it is because if everybody's doing it and they kind of admitted everybody's doing it. Yeah. Kind of like I talk about often. It's the, it's the manipulating of the footballs as by quarterbacks. <laughs> if you had a shot, if you had like a, a, a zoom meeting when that whole thing was going down and <laughs> Tom Brady was it denying that he did anything to the balls, or told anybody to do anything to balls. If you had to look it up, it, it, it would have been laughter in that Zoom on the screen of all the quarterbacks that ever played. Going, come on, man, come on. So, so this is this is this is how it is with with this baseball. It's across the league. That's why that's why Trevor Bauer is saying it, speaking the way he's speaking, and that's why Garrett Cole is he's saying I do, but I'm not going to fully admit that I do. So spider attack apparently is a sticky paste used to improve grip specifically for Atlas stones. So this is for what power lifters generally use for lifting up those gigantic stones. And it's supposed to help improve your grip. And apparently when it comes to baseball, it hap- for some reason, it increases the spin rate on a baseball. How they figured that out, who used it first, I don't know. But that's what it's designed for, to help your grip specifically for people that are picking up these giant Atlas stones. All right, so if they don't want anybody to use this, why don't they just say, don't use it? If you use it and we find it, we're going to eject you. Well, I think that's what Buster Olney said in his story, right? That they're basically periodically throughout the game going to check on pitchers to see if they're using anything, and if they are, they essentially will. Now, I don't know if they said they'll eject them. I don't they think they said they're talking with the Players Association now to determine what an appropriate punishment is. Well, wait a minute. You're you're violating the rule. You're not supposed to put anything on the ball. They're not technically putting it on the ball is where the, the gray gray line comes, I believe, because they're not actually if this is what I think it is, you know, uh, a substance that's they're not necessarily putting on the ball, but they're putting on them ha- on their hands, correct? But their hand is touching to grip, the ball. To to grip 
but they're not rubbing the ball down with a foreign substance. So I don't know how the dialogue reads or the text reads in terms of putting a foreign substance on the ball. It's it to them. It may, you know, like, Hey, I grabbed some dirt. That dirt gets on the ball. I mean, if my hands are sweaty, I reach down and grab dirt and put rub the dirt on the ball too. What's different? I'm wiping my shirt, you know, rubbing my hat to dry my fingers off. And if, Something gets on the on the ball, so be it. So you think the gray area here? That's interesting. I'm yeah. not putting anything on the ball. I'm putting it on my fingers. Yeah, my fingers are dry, so I'm 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 trying to dry them off. That's why I'm touching my hat, my shirt, my glove, my belt, and grabbing some dirt at the same time. Why are they going to the pl- licking your fingers? I mean, all, you know, all those things. Uh, uh, the spit. I lick my fingers. You got to wipe. You know, as you're if you're a pitcher. But you see pitchers grab dirt all the time and. Yeah, grab some dirt, put it on the ball. Yeah, but if if you're not supposed to do that, if the rules say you shouldn't do that, and I understand the gray area you're talking about, Rodney, the Players Association, well, we got to talk to them. Well, why? You're not supposed to put anything on the ball. If Gaylord Perry used to use Vaseline, and yeah. he'd hide it in his hat, he'd take the Vaseline, he'd put it on his fingers, and he'd touch the ball. He could say, you know, my fingers were chafed, so I put some Vaseline on it. It just happened to hit the ball after my fingers were on it. You're not supposed to do it. Or how about this? You can. There's that side of it. Go ahead. Do it. Now we don't have a problem. I mean, but think about it, Fred. It went from that. Gaylord Perry. Vaseline on the ball. You guys would have, you know, sandpaper. Emery boards. (laughs) Emery boards. things, And now it's come to this. It's evolved to this spider tack. It's like Stickham was outlawed in, in the NFL because Lester Hayes was the baddest man playing corner at the time, and he had a gobs and gobs of Stickham. Well, the gloves that receivers wear nowadays is just as good as the Stickham. So it, it it's evolved into new technology and things that you can do, and if they take this away, there'll be something else that they come up with, and that's the problem is that just as much as People are finding ways to be innovative in a good way. There, there are those out there trying to figure out a way to get an edge. All right, who's excited about the Giltinis? Who wants to go see them on Sunday? We have two four-packs of tickets, and we're going to bust the break. Bringing you L.A.'s best sports talk weekdays, noon to 3. Bogan and Rodney. Maybe think you're friendly. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan, on a hump day, a spread on a hump day, Fred. Yeah, hey, uh, Roger Glendora Alejandro in Santa Fe Springs, congratulations, you bought a four-pack of tickets to watch Major League Rugby's hard-hitting L.A. Giltinis take on the Houston Sabercats this Sunday. It'll be at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. We'll have more Giltinis tickets to give away tomorrow. But before we get out of here today in our sprint, let's welcome on the man who will provide inspiration and spirituality. It is our dear friend, Vic the Brick, with the Daily Haiku at 2, which today is at 12.51. Vic, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Fred. Good afternoon, Vic. Good afternoon, Rodney Pete. VTB. Oh, yeah. Executive producer of the Rogan and Rodney Show. Please put your hands together. It's Kevin Figgers now. Yeah, come on now. 
This diversity mm -hmm. in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Why do I keep getting Sergio Dip, Fred? <laughs> yeah, because Fred. it's the only one I have that says diversity. <laughs> On the ones and the twos and the threes and the fours, please put your hands together and show the mighty love. It's Ronnie Fascio. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no. I guess it could be worse. Yeah, he didn't want Sergio Dip. You don't want that either. <laughs> Having the time of his life. That would be Shohei Otani. Hit the longest home run of his major league career last night. The ball settled somewhere in Murrieta. Like a 470-foot blast. Shohei has been unbelievable. So, some big love to Shohei. Hit number 17 last night. Yeah, he's having a great year. You know, Kevin, your angels are making a little move. Little is the uh, operative term. For sure. Exactly. I think they've won 10 or 15. But yes, they're playing better. I have a high call for y'all. It's from Bud Goodrich. A modern day... Bud Goodrich? Bud Goodrich. <laughs> the hell's Bud Goodrich? <laughs> we, have, we have Bacho and Siki and Osu and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bud Goodrich. Bud Goodrich. Where's Bud, Bud Goodrich. Goodrich? Where's he from? Who's Bud Goodrich? He's a notable haiku artist. <laughs> what? What? Any relation you don't hear to BS? Much about him. Kevin, he has Bud. Well, I love he? Bud's haiku. All right, where's he from, Vic? That's all I want to know. Let me do some quick research. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're still researching? <laughs> right. <laughs> Maury Lefkowitz yeah, is doing it today. Yeah, well, yeah. He's from Winnetka, Illinois. Okay. Lived there all his life. Yeah. Except for prep school when he went to Oberlin College, four years, U.S. Army during World War II. In the 30s, he attended the Asheville School in Asheville, North Carolina, where he played first base for the school team. The coach proclaimed him the first baseman of the decade. Throws and bats right-handed. Bud hey, Goodrich. Hey, that's He's not the Bud Goodrich you're talking about. <laughs> He's a baseball player. Cuckoo. Cuckoo. Well, he's a, he's a, he loved baseball and went on to write haikus. You never mentioned that part, Vic. You said he's the Asheville. What? Early baseball career. He's, from what you read, he's dead. <laughs> but then you said he's a modern day, alive guy. He's well, alive. Mike Twice. Goodrich is alive. <laughs> All right, Vic, go ahead. He really he wrote a classic. All right. <laughs> Bud Goodrich. Basho, Shiki, Bud Goodrich. Baseball cards spread out on the bed. April rain. I'm Bud Goodrich, feeling you. All right, that wasn't even. Come on, man. <laughs> My God, Vic. That's Baseball that's cards, April rain, Bud Goodrich. <laughs> <laughs> Real. Vic, Vic, that was a. 
That was a little lazy by Bud Goodrich right there. <laughs> a little lazy. Is that not the essence of, ba of baseball fans, young baseball fans? Spreading out your cars on the bed? April rain. Hearing Bud the rain? <laughs> what are you yelling Bud Goodrich at the end for? <laughs> Oh my God! I want to make sure you guys know it's Bud Goodrich, man. No, no. We'll get more into that tomorrow. Uh, your world champion Dodgers take on the Pirates in Pittsburgh this afternoon, 4:05. Here every play in HD and the free iHeartRadio app. Search AM570 LA Sports. It's brought to you by Nutrisystem. Go to Nutrisystem.com/baseball. Lose weight fast. All free delivery. Ronnie, Kevin, thank you for the sprint. Rodney, tomorrow's going to be even weirder. We'll be on after the Dodger game. Right. Hey, talk, all right, talk to you then.